It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. On your Thursday episode of Locked on Raptors, we are joined by a wonderful guest from Pretty Hard Cases on CBC, formerly the Beaverton, and of being a big Raptors fan since the beginning of the franchise, it is Miguel Rivas. Super thrilled to have him today. We're going to talk about acting across from Nick Nurse, among many other things, on today's episode of Locked on Raptors. Thanks so much for hanging. Oh, because like, when I shot, I expected to make it, so like, I don't shoot kind of this. You are Locked On Raptors, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Canada, the NBA title is yours. We're going to the free time of the Hail Mary 3 by Mo Get that garbage out of here. What's going on? Welcome to episode number 1324 of Lockdown Raptors for Thursday, January the 19th. I'm your host, Sean Woodley. We're covering the Toronto Raptors now for nine seasons on various platforms. You can find all of my work over on Twitter at WoodleySean. You can follow, subscribe to, rate, and review the podcast for free on your favorite audio podcast apps, of course. And we are on YouTube. If you go subscribe to the YouTube channel, you're doing me a big favor. And really, well, what other reason is there to do it other than doing me a favor? It's a free podcast, okay? We don't ask for much uh also if you go and subscribe to the lockdown raptors youtube channel for free you can win yourself some free stuff it's you're gonna be in the green it's unbelievable all you got to do to win two tickets to the February 7th Raptors Republic live podcast event at the Rivoli in Toronto is send an email to LockedOnRaptors at gmail.com. In said email, include a screenshot that proves you are in fact subscribed to the YouTube channel and a little note about your favorite deep cut Raptor of all time. And if you do that, you'll be put into a draw to win two tickets to the live podcast event at the Rivoli February 7th. It's going to be a blast. Please go do that. A couple people have already gotten their submissions in. I'll be pulling the winner on Tuesday's podcast, so get your submissions in over the weekend, please. All right, let's get to it on today's show. Really excited for today's guest. The guest's so nice, he's joined me twice because the technology <laughs> was not working so hot this morning. We've got it back on track today in the afternoon. Sorry for the later episode drop time than usual, but that's okay because this one's evergreen. Who cares if there's a game later tonight? It's Miguel Rivas. Miguel, how's it going? Good. We were just building anticipation, you know? Yeah, it was a trial for, run podcast. The biggest episode ever, 1324. People have been counting down the seconds and the minutes until this episode was going to drop. That's what I've been uh, telling myself all week long, uh, preparing <laughs> myself for this one. I'm glad now I get a second shot at it uh, to, yeah. to not screw up. Um, so, Miguel, 
Yes. We're going to dig into all sorts of stuff today. You, of course, are on Pretty Hard Cases on CBC, which you should go and watch. All the CBC comedy stuff. Really, the last couple of years have been fantastic. Uh, lots of really wonderful programming from our lovely national broadcaster. You are on Pretty Hard Cases. Nick Nurse was on right. Pretty Hard Cases. We're going to talk about that. And having already heard your interactions with him on the first episode that we recorded uh, that is lost to history, I'm very excited to dive back into that with you. We're also going to play that random raptors game which is my favorite game to play with new guests where we test your knowledge of very deep cut toronto raptors but before we do all that that. we should talk miguel about the team as it stands right now 20 and 25 the rumors are flying all over the place uh everyone wants to trade somebody it seems uh in some cases they just want to send players on rocket ships to the moon and get nothing back and that that'll be a win for them um it's been a weird time you are a season ticket holder. You share season tickets, as you told me offline, with our pal Freddie Revis, your brother, of course, regular guest of the podcast. Um, so, and you've been a fan since day one of the franchise. It's been a strange season, but as someone who has been through seasons that were objectively much worse than this one, I'm kind of curious <laughs> how you're processing all of it. Uh, it's been weird. They've been very good for the better part of a decade. The Tampa season had plenty of excuses built in. This one, kind of different, I think, in tone and tenor as bad seasons go. How have you been you know, digesting it and sort of relating to the team this season in a, a year where it's been very, very bizarre? You know, if I'm trying to use my rose-colored glasses and look for silver lining, it's nice that we have high expectations, at the least. <laughs> now we now we expect to win after the last decade, and we don't accept, hey, maybe we'll sneak into eighth, or now in modern times, sneak into the play-in. Mm-hmm. That's not enough. You know, we, we want to be good. Um, there's just been so many dark, dark times in, <laughs> in the Raptors' past that that I'm sad to say I am used to losing seasons, but this mm-hmm. one does feel different because it's not like we're, we're rolling out Joey Graham, you know, yeah. we have players that we know for a fact are good. Yeah. And so <laughs> seeing them underperform uh, is difficult. And, you know, I think the Dwayne Casey era, if it mm. brought nothing else, it brought a certain, let's call it the Dwayne Casey, DeMar DeRozan, Kyle Lowry era mm-hmm. brought a level of fight that we expect. Yeah. And I think I think if I'm really disappointed in anything this season, let's say many things, but one major thing is some nights it feels like the compete level isn't there. And yeah. that's the thing that feels a bit ugly, you know? But I'm I'm coping by doing what I always do, which is watch every game no matter how <laughs> nightmarishly bad it becomes. <laughs> I mean, hey, it's a, it's the winter time. It's, there's worse things to do than watch the local basketball team play, even if they're going to lose. Um, and hey, you know they have their own little fun quirks, like fake comebacks and all of that. Are you a fake comeback appreciator? I find myself every time I know that they're about to dig into a 15 point deficit that is going to end up being a nine point deficit by the time the buzzer goes. Uh, but I know we're in for a treat whenever those fake comebacks are kind of burgeoning. Are, are you uh, like me, a fake comeback sicko? Yeah, I love I love whenever the Raptors do a fake comeback because there's an inside joke between me and my wife. My wife, who is an equally large Raptors fan, which makes for a happy marriage, by the way, would mm-hmm. recommend. Um, we we love when Devlin. It's from the Tampa season, um, but it's it's happening again this season. Devlin would always say, "And the Raptors have cut it to eight with wild <laughs> enthusiasm." So whenever the Raptors cut it to eight, we both like look at each other like. Nah, nah. 
we say the Raptors have cut it to eight as if that's like <laughs> taking the lead, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I feel like that, like he's gotten more sort of uh, liberal with at which point he will show excitement with whatever the deficit's been cut to. It's like, it's a 17 point game, Jack. Like, I feel like we've gotten you that know, one Jack, quite a bit. Stranger things have happened. Stranger this is the NBA in 2023. 18 point leads with four minutes left are never safe. Yeah. Um, respect to Matt Devlin forever for him. Uh, keeping yeah. the dream alive. He's morphed into quite yeah. the homer, hasn't he? <laughs> and we love it it's yeah, that's why it. I, people who don't want their local broadcasters to be homers like what kind of sick freak are you yeah. like you, you want down the middle coverage of the team you watch every day no, could not be no. me yeah i love iron eagle and all but like come on yeah. um <laughs> we're not going all tommy heinsen on it or anything <laughs> <laughs> yeah light homerism and uh jingles is kind of the uh <laughs> i think the, the sort of motto yeah. of the, the the raptors broadcast <laughs> these days um I got to ask you, Miguel, the deadline is, you know, all anyone can talk about these days. And uh, everyone seems to have their guy they think should be the one that gets traded. I'm curious for you, are you in the mind of, like, something's got to happen here? Even I, someone who is team run it back always, someone who is team, you know, patience is cool. You don't got to blow a thing up just because you're not getting instant gratification. There's still potential gratification down the line. And this Raptors team does have... A capacity for internal growth still even though it's been perhaps delayed and maybe not to the degree you would have hoped it would be i still think there's a lot to like here if you just give it more time that said the nature of the recent losses the um just sort of like the the vitriol that seems to be kind of flying around towards all sorts of members of the raptors and with maybe even within the team who's to say shouts to cj mccollum for sowing discord yeah. um <laughs> Like, and you're the business, the president dude. of the Players Association? <laughs> My God, how dare you? How dare yeah. you? That's tampering. It absolutely, I think, is at least borderline tampering. Anyway, but the sort of yeah. question I'm taking way too long to get into is here. Uh, who should they trade, Miguel? Uh, should they trade anybody? What's your sort of dream <sighs> deadline outcome here for the Raptors? You know, the vibes are off. There's something mm -hmm. wrong uh, in, in the court. And... Uh, meaning in the royal court. And mm -hmm. uh, I, I, I think we all get attached too emotionally to a lot of players. Like I, like I was saying before, uh, um, offline, DeMar DeRozan is, is probably my favorite Raptor of all time, just because of his attitude and our, you know, our Toronto vibe of like, please like us, not even just with the <laughs> basketball, but in general, please we sign more than one contract with us, please. Please, We beg of you like us. We're a world-class city. Um, <laughs> he, he took on the challenge and he did it. And we took him to the mountain and sacrificed him to God. And we got a championship in return. And I don't know who's going to look back and say that was a mistake. That was amazing. Mm -hmm. So you, you have to remember the, the, the NBA player pool is so small. Every team has eight players in a rotation, maybe 10. They have 12 guys mm -hmm. dressed. They have 17 on the roster. It's it's a small group of players. Players are going to move around. That's just how it works. We have to kind of accept that. And I don't want to abandon anything that's not working or not give things a chance, but this core has been together for a minute now. They've had mm. a swing at it. And the league has trended. Maybe the trend's going to change, but it's trended so offensively now. And mm -hmm. what I see this season is a team that just, even on their best day, don't seem to be able to pack an enormous offensive punch. Mm -hmm. And as the sooner we embrace that reality, 
the the better our long-term prospects will, will be. I think the future is bright. And, you know, I'm going to go out on a limb here. I'm going to pillory myself, set myself up for some bad emails. I okay. hate to say this because he's my favorite current Raptor, but I think we should trade OG and Anobi. <laughs> Kill me uh, now. For, the, for, those, for those listening, that was my attempt at bombs. Uh, very bad bombs, as it turns at, out. At Mig Rebus, come at me with the hate tweets. I'm ready. I love Annie, OG more than anybody, but mm-hmm. think of the value you could get for him. Think of what we could do. OG is the best. I don't want to trade him, but I have the Raptors' long-term prospects in mind. And what's going on? It's it, nothing. Nothing is a huge problem, but the whole chemistry is a problem. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I think I think trading OG for for some another guard is probably the wise thing to do. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't have the real answers, but something has to change. Something has to give here, right? Yeah, the OG thing is uh, is fascinating. I want to pick up that thread in just a second here and, and sort of dive into a little bit more of the reasons why it might be actually the thing to do, which is not a thing I would have said even a month ago, but uh, maybe my brain is uh, evolving as one's brain does. We will get into that in just one sec. Before we do that, however, I want to tell you about our friends over at Built Bar, who make the best tasting protein bars money can buy. They are delicious, of course. They have all sorts of flavors, of course, and they are healthy, of course. 130 calories, just 4 grams of sugar, and 17 grams of protein in your standard Built Bar. It's a great way to replace a meal in the morning. If you're on the go, you got to have something in the afternoon to get you through the afternoon sleepies, whatever it might be. Built Bar is the way to do it. Again, all sorts of amazing flavors. They have classics like peanut butter brownie, which still holds up as maybe my favorite of all time. You've got churro, coconut almond. They also have puffs and granola bars, all sorts of different types and takes on the Built Bar, all of which are delicious, all of which are packed with protein, all of which make it feel as though you're being indulgent when you're not actually being indulgent. It's a great way to wean yourself off of holiday candy addiction, which I am still deep in the throes of, but Built Bars are helping me See the other side. Go right now to your local Walmart and pick up yourself a box of your favorite flavor. All sorts of flavors available. And again, they are at Walmart. Go get yourself some Built Bars. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly... Everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. All right, let's continue on here. Miguel Rivas of Pretty Hard Cases here. Digging into a pretty hard case for the Raptors, one might say, which is figuring (laughs) out what to do before the deadline. And just to kind of pick up on the OG thread from before, um, you know, the, the gigantic bomb you just dropped. I, I, too, am coming around on the idea that that might be the move. And it's not because I don't think OG's awesome. It's not because I think trading OG is even the right idea. And, you know, it could very easily blow up in their faces. And for the next 15 years, the Raptors are sitting there with an OG-sized hole at small forward wondering, man, why do we ever get rid of a guy who was the answer at that position for so long that every team needs? It's hard, but... 
I think Scotty Barnes obviously is untouchable. Dude rocks. I think Pascal Siakam should be untouchable. In fact, I think uh, those two guys together, maybe of any duo of players on the team, I kind of think they have the most simpatico on the floor. As much as their skills overlap, I think they seem to get it with one another in, in like a pretty impressive way. And I really like the idea of allowing those two creative, big, bruising wing forward types with very different skill sets, but also similar ones to kind of be the heads of the snake going forward. I thought OG should have been part of that. And I still think you could totally go forward with OG and be totally happy. But as far as reassembling the roster around Scotty and Pascal... I do wonder if maybe OG is the guy that's going to get you the most to re reassemble the roster with. And if you can get these contenders who are an OG in theory away from winning a title to pony up and get into a bidding war before the deadline, maybe that's the move. Maybe you look back in 18 months when OG and Obi's making $35 million a year and thinking, man, it was a good idea that we sold when we could it's such a gross way to talk about it miguel i hate it i love og i love everything he's about he's clearly the funniest and smartest guy on the team the way he very clearly plays the media game by not playing the media game at all one of my favorite things in the whole wide world yeah but maybe just maybe it's the move uh it's you know i don't even know is it it wouldn't be quite on the level of trading demar because demar was everything but as far as like difficult to stomach moves, it might be number two in Raptors history if it does actually happen. You want to trade him because we like him, because he's yeah. so good. You know, there's a lot of noise right now, but because Fred's having such a down season shooting, they're like, let's trade Fred. But I guarantee you there's just not the market for Fred that there is for OG out there. OG is an ideal player for literally all 30 teams in the NBA. Mm-hmm. You can plug him into any team and he'll be effective just, just based on it. His defense alone, even if you reduce his offensive role enormously. And hey, if he was shooting, you know, his even his career average from three, it would be a different story. But there's just like a different usage style we're trying to get out of him that is just not working. And it's hard to imagine a championship team that has Fred, Scotty, and Pascal on it because the shooting is just is not there. It could get mm. there. All those players were deemed terrible shooters and they kind of at least Pascal and OG have risen to seasons where they have an acceptable three-point shooting percentage, but it just feels like it's an embarrassment of riches at the same position. And I know Mm -hmm. that was vision six, nine, but you know, it was an experiment to see how far it could go. And I think with every team having, you know, genius mathematicians breaking down every other team's approach, (laughs) vision six, nine may have run its course a little bit. And out of those Mm -hmm. three guys, who would you trade? It's got to be OG. Like Scotty, it's hard to predict Scotty's ceiling, right? Scotty yeah. could still become, he passes like Jokic on some nights. And Pascal. I, I'm still thinking about that pass he threw against the Knicks in overtime to OG in the corner, uh, like three days later. It was insane. It, it just, it speaks to what a like visionary passer that dude is. Or the, even just pulling off that pass to Pascal, cutting into the paint mm-hmm. was like, that's a really hard pass to pull off on a Mm -hmm. team that's as engaged as the Knicks were on that night. And Mm -hmm. so, you know, that's hard, that's hard to find. And, and Pascal at the scoring level, he is capable of and and consistently capable of, you're not replicating that with ease. Scotty is not even going to be able to ever do that. Finding another player to be like, Oh, I can get you 25 a night 
effectively, that's that's irreplaceable to me. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Again, OG's defense is pretty irreplaceable, but I do yeah. not like saying this, but something has to change. I'm pointing at OG. Yeah, it's a, it's a really, <laughs> really tough one. I know. Look, it, crying into your hands is the correct response. He's the scarfs man. Uh, he's the guy who hit the buzzer beater against the Celtics. It's not an easy thing to reckon with. But, and he's legitimately um, hilarious legitimately hilarious and legitimately awesome the type of player who rightfully has the entire league lining up to try to trade for him which is maybe indication number one that you shouldn't trade him but at the same time um i i'm i'm growing more open to the idea even if it makes me want to barf uh speaking of uh hard cases as i (laughs) for the second time i'm going to use this transition we're going to talk in just a second about uh, Nick Nurse, his acting chops, his time on Pretty Hard Cases. Next to Miguel, uh, Miguel's uh, green room discussions with Nick Nurse. Is Miguel the beans. reason the Raptors play this defense? Or is his schemes that are that Nick Nurse has, has adopted here? Uh, maybe. We'll tell you that on the other side. Plus, that random Raptors game, everybody's favorite. Uh, the most challenging game in the whole wide world, some have said. We'll get to that. <laughs> In just one sec. However, before we do that, I want to tell you about our friends over at betonline.net, your number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there. You've got pro football, the playoffs, tons of fun, as it said. I mean, I'm not watching, but it sounds like it's fun. Uh, you've also got the NBA season ongoing, the NHL season, the European soccer leagues have kicked back up after the World Cup. Maybe you got that footy fever, baby. You can go and put money down in your favorite soccer teams. And Bet Online is going to make it so you put money down in the places you should put down in order to win. They are going to make you the informed wagerer with all sorts of podcasts, analysis, injury news, everything you might need before you put your hard earned money down. Bet Online is going to give you the guidance as to why the lines are set the way they are and what the best bets might be. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. Bet Online. Is where the game starts. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. And we conclude our chat here with Miguel Rivas of Pretty Hard Cases, formerly the Beaverton as well, on the show here. And uh, we'll play that that random Raptors game in a second. But, of course, season three of Pretty Hard Cases premiered early January. And Nick Nurse made himself an appearance. Miguel, as a big Raptors fan, I'm sure this was very thrilling for you. Uh, curious thoughts on Nick Nurse's acting chops, and more interestingly to me, you're on set for a very long time when you're filming a TV show. Uh, I would imagine there was at least some time where you got to talk to Nick Nurse about the Raptors or whatever. Uh, curious to sort of know your experience working across Nick Nurse on the set of Pretty Hard Cases and uh, the, the, the level of acting chops that he brings to the table. 
Well, you know, as an as an actor, I do like randomly see sort of celebrities and I feel like I play it cool. But every time I've ever met anyone affiliated with the NBA, who's a part of the NBA, it's hard not to fanboy and 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 reveal my true childlike self. And with Nick Nurse, when I found out he was going to be on the show, which was only two days before I was on set with him, I I told myself I would play it cool and I would only talk a little bit of basketball. But as soon as I started speaking with him, I realized that the only thing he wanted to speak about was basketball. And it just so happened that I was the biggest fan in the cast and the crew on Pretty Hard Cases. And he he picked up on that immediately. Just <laughs> we, we were together for like eight hours, a good eight hours going in and off of set to the green room. And we just talked ball pretty much the entire time. Um, I, I started off by like talking about Team Canada and asking him about going to Victoria and like just things that weren't typical questions. Like people were coming up being like, what's it like to win a ring? But I wanted to be like, <laughs> yeah, you're cool. You, you get the, yeah, the, the hipster like, questions. Yeah. Come on. yeah. Do they have adequate uh, basketball venues in British Columbia? What do you think? Like just like deep stuff. <laughs> we, we actually bonded enough that at the end of the day, he left me a present in my trailer, which was Ooh. two like little bracelets from his charity that were like, Oh, cool. Uh, and, and a little personalized note that was like fun talking ball all day. So <laughs> I'm not sure he would actually remember my name, but I'm pretty sure he would remember my face. <laughs> <laughs> That's incredible. Uh, did you uh, did you pick his brain as to why he refuses to change the defensive scheme despite clearly I the personnel not did, having the juice I did for kind it? Of ask him like <laughs> if if he I, I was like I, I ask him. I did ask him about his relationship with Maasai. I was like, right. how much how much input do you have in this Vision 6-9 thing and this every player is the same I thing? And he was very much like, we are synced up on it. This is the way to go. We believe in this. Um, you know, he wanted, he, he was saying something about 90%. He kept throwing out 90%. He wants 90% of the roster to be completely switchable. You know, he has like a history of being a, an extremely creative coach. And he, mm -hmm. he wanted to get that across to me that like that was what they wanted to do. They wanted to stand out as not any other team, even though mm -hmm. the championship team was built sort of very historically. As classically every... as you could yeah. possibly imagine. Point yeah, guard, exactly. shooting guard who has low usage, <laughs> star wing player, power forward, typical center. Yep. Why fix what ain't broke? Uh, no, let's that. do it anyway. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, and so he, I, I did kind of talk about that. He, he kept talking about himself as an offensive-minded coach. So what he really likes about this roster is the like focus and expansion on defense that he got to lean mm -hmm. on. And maybe that's why the offense has struggled so hard this year because they're focused on defense. <laughs> but I don't know what he would say now, now that the defense is also sort of crumbling mm -hmm. before our very eyes every <laughs> single game. Um, but yeah, he, he told me, I'll, I'll spill one little little can of beans for everybody just because I, I had a, the chance to hang out with them, which was that I asked about team Canada and he mm. said he, he held everyone up to this ultimatum in this meeting uh, before their last tournament where he like sat them down and said, if you're not committed, I don't care who you are. I'll kick you off of this team. I want you to stand up and <laughs> pledge allegiance to team Canada. Uh, Cause this is no joke to me. And he got everyone to do it. So he, he yeah. that most people were not actually actively committed to the team. They were kind of mm -hmm. like reluctantly eye rollingly being a part of it. 
uh, and he talked about this great era of Canadian basketball coming up and how you could like be every kid's favorite player for a lifetime if you just commit to trying your hardest for your country. And uh, he did, and he got all these players to make three to five-year commitments to the team. So I thought that was pretty interesting. Yeah, for sure. I wonder how much uh, like a future free agent Raptors tampering goes into that as well. Uh, you know, the people in Canada will love mm-hmm. you, and uh, they'll love you even more if you come play for my basketball team. Um, I think awesome tampering stuff. is a gray oh, yeah. area, not a black and white area. Yeah. I think it should just be allowed, frankly. Uh, like the teams that are good at it, that should be a competitive <laughs> advantage. If you can, you know, tamper through national team play, that seems like a yeah. an edge to me that you should be trying to mine. Um, Awesome stuff to hear about uh, old acting Nick Nurse, who, uh, you know, perhaps if things don't work out so well with this here uh, Raptors thing, will become a series regular on Pretty Hard Cases, or it's his the third new Murdoch Mysteries show. guy. Yeah. <laughs> um, fun fact, this window here, you see behind me, uh, if you're watching on video, out back is my alley behind my house, where I park. And one time, Murdoch Mysteries uh, used our parking space for a horse and buggy because they were filming in the park right behind our house. Fun Canadian television nugget. That's the closest I've ever ever gotten to being on a CBC show. Uh, So basically, we're the same, Miguel. I hope you fleeced them for a driveway (laughs) rental. Ask for ten thousand. We didn't. We didn't, and we're fools for not doing it. Um, But also, you know, uh, can Murdoch Mysteries afford to have most of its budget be for Sean's parking space? Maybe not. Well, Um, they're in season (laughs) seventeen or seventeen hundred, so they must have some kind of bankroll, right? Look, if the Republic of Doyle people want to pay me, I'll accept that money. Uh, <laughs> let's uh, close this out, Miguel, with, as promised, that random Raptors game, a game in which we go back to an old Raptors game, and you, the guest, have to guess who played in the game for the Toronto Raptors. Oh I will give God. you the edge here, Miguel. I will let you choose the season from which this game comes. Any season in Raptors history... Maybe not the last three, because that'll be easy. But uh, any season in Raptors history, name the season. And you can even name the opponent. And I will pull up a box score against wow. that opponent from that season, and you will guess who played in that game. Give so me now you're giving me my own shovel to bury myself with. Exactly. I've never done it this way before, but I kind of oh, like Jesus. it. It's a little bit of a fun, sicko twist. Okay, let's go with 2010. All right, the 09-10 season or 2010-11, to be clear. Let's make it difficult and go with uh, 10-11. Let's go okay, with 10-11. the season where I went to a game uh, in the first week of this season, and it broke me as a Raptors fan for at least three years. I was in <laughs> Ottawa. I came home for the home opener, or the second game of the season against the Cavs without LeBron. And uh, it was, uh, not to give anything away, but the Boschless Raptors. And the, that game was so sad and upsetting that I went back to Ottawa and didn't watch a Raptors game for at least two years until the first Rudy Gay trade, um, which got me back into it because I was weird. Uh, all right. You, and we need to now pick a, uh, an opponent, and I will pick a game against that opponent from this season. Well, let's let's use your personal history and go with that Cavs game. Okay, we'll do that. We will go to the most depressing oh, basketball Jesus. game I've ever seen. Friday, October the 29th, 2010. Raptors-Cavaliers. First week of the season. Uh, the players 
appearing on the roster for the Cavs in this one include guys like Jamario Moon and Anthony Parker, along with Anton Jameson and Jawad Williams and J.J. Hickson and Ryan Hollins. Fun times. Uh, Joey Graham also on this team. So just like a who's who of sad former Raptors. Wow. Um, wow. But the Raptors, <laughs> yeah, it's dark, man. Uh, the Raptors in this game played 12 men. Uh, a, a thing Nick Nurse will never do in his entire life. 12 players played for the Raptors in this game, a game in wow. which they beat the Cavaliers 101-81, and the 20-point win was still not enough to save my basketball fandom. Um, name crap. me the 12 players. You get three strikes. We'll go through. Oh, I'm not. I'm going to make it to like, I'm going to make it to three players. That's my I I believe 12. in you, Miguel. Just think back. It's 2011, the oh fall of 2011. Everyone's I, favorite time to be a Raptors fan. Just just okay. start naming guys. I'll give you the stat line if you get it right, and then we can move on to the next guy as okay. we go through. So we, just we give got, me a guy. We got, we got uh, uh, a sophomore, DeMar DeRozan. Correct. DeMar played in this game 27 minutes, 14 points, 6 of 13 from the field, did not shoot a 3, but was a plus 18. Right in the peak Young Guns era for old DeMar. Who else you got? Okay. So that was a uh, that was a dead giveaway. Thanks for that. So then we hey, also I like Amir to give Johnson. context clues. <laughs> yes. Uh, Amir comes off the bench in this game. A 4 of 4 from the, uh, from the field. 8 points, 3 boards, 2 assists, 2 steals, a block, a plus 3 in 20 minutes off the bench. A classic Amir Johnson stat line there. Um, 100%. Okay, then we got the, the third member of the Young Guns. We got Sonny Weems. Hell yeah, we got Sonny Weems. 13 points off the bench, 5 of 10 shooting. Three rebounds, two assists, a steal, and four turnovers for a minus one. You're three for three. You got nine guys minus left, three one. strikes to work with. I think you can do this. Oh, my God. No, I'm all, I'm already nervous and struggling. I'm, I'm already scared. Okay. This is, is this already a big swing? Jarrett Jack. Jarrett Jack started this game. Not a big swing at all. He was your starting okay. point guard, of course, the yes. guy who was going yes. to convince Chris Bosch to stay because they <laughs> played at the same school. I love GM logic. I miss when all the GMs were dumb. There are too many smart GMs now. I don't like yes. it. Jarrett Jack in this game, 22 minutes played, six points, one of five shooting. Uh, not much to write home about, but it was a plus four. So you're four for four now. Six points. Six points mm-hmm. is terrible. Yeah, on okay, five shots. Um, uh, <laughs> model of efficiency there, Jarrett Jack. <laughs> okay, off the bench. What in the other guard spot? Jared Bayless? Jared Bayless was on this roster eventually, but not yet. They traded for him, I believe, later on in this season. Um, so Damn. the guy they traded for him okay, so is my... on the roster. So there's a, there's a clue there. Oh, my God. Um, but you've got one strike. You've got four correct. And you've got, uh, I should also say, you have three starters left to guess. And the rest are bench guys. Okay, so starting was Jared Jack and DeRozan. And then, and you said Amir was off the bench, right? Correct. Correct. Uh, oh, okay. This is, now I'm literally blanking already. This wasn't still... No, no, he would have been retired. Now, now I'm talking myself into a hole of fear. Okay. Oh, my God. Rasho Nesterovich? Ah, uh, sadly, this around? was not one of the years in which Rasho was around. He was around at two different occasions, but he was gone by this year. So it's your second strike. No Rasho. Wow, okay. Was he, he, was he long gone by 2010? 
Um, I think he was on the, was, se- the team he? the season prior. Um, yeah, he, he had again two stints with the team. Okay, so I, not, I forget not... exactly when they took place. <clears throat> wow. Okay, so now, oh my god, oh my god. <laughs> I love this game because it just engenders that response from everybody who plays. It's my favorite. <laughs> it, so why did I choose? Why did I choose such a middling year where it was just going to be a bunch of bum players? Yeah, I don't know. I do uh, <laughs> you made it as hard as you possibly choice. could on yourself. Yeah, I should have Again, chosen three like starters a, remaining. I should have chose a fun year. Mm-hmm. Wow, and mm-hmm. I, I can't think of any of them off the top of my head. <laughs> um. Who would have started at center? Center? Wow. Okay. No, this is going to be wrong too. Garbahosa. I'm doing. I'm going Garbahosa. This was him lingering around. Uh, Garbahosa was not on this team. Uh, he only had the one and a half years with the Raptors before the knee thing I took thought, him out I, for, for good. For some reason, yeah. thought he was hanging around, like just in the weight room for a couple of years before he was like, I can't play anymore. I'm 39 years old. I mean, there there were a couple guys who I would say apply as hanging around uh, at this point on the team. Uh, you've gone through your three strikes. Would you like to keep guessing for fun? You've officially lost the game, but I've you can still lost, get like and pride I lost points. Early. Yeah, yeah, you got four correct, okay. three three wrong. Um, but we no, can run no, through, or you can keep guessing for pride if you'd like. No, you know what? I'm throwing in the towel here. I'm gonna be. Okay. I'm, I'm too embarrassed, and now I'm getting the, the stress sweats coming in. <laughs> I'm nervous that if I take another guess, I'll embarrass myself further. Give, give, well, me, look, give me a hint on who started at center. Uh, I, I, you know, rebounds. Only rebounds. Nothing oh, else. Like, not, not Biombo. No, uh, Proto oh, Biombo. Re- Reggie Evans. Reggie Evans is correct. Uh, 27 oh, okay. minutes for him in this game. Two points, 14 rebounds. The most that's, Reggie Evans-ass stat line you'll ever yeah, see. That's the most he did that. ever going to be. That entire year. Um, in that starting five, like I don't blame you for not getting the starting front court for this team because it sucks. Um, yeah, wow. It's Reggie Evans. Next to him, Andrea Bargnani, of course, who led oh, the team yes. in scoring with 20 points. Still hanging around. Easy to forget old Bargs. Uh, although I think it was the year after this where he had his 13 games. I think I've been actively of... trying to forget Bargs is why. <laughs> so I've like clouded that part of my brain on purpose. Yeah, and, uh, and also in the vein of uh, disappointing Europeans, Linus Kleza also started this game Linus and scored Kleza. 19 points. Kleza! Um, you're beginning to see why maybe this game affected uh, the diehardness of my fandom. Were you at this game, by the way? Is there a chance you were at this it, game? There's a chance, but I don't remember yeah. specifically because this feels like another one that I would have tried to forget. But yeah, let me, let me guess one more bench. Let me guess one more yes, extremely obscure do. bench player. Please Quincy AC. No Quincy AC. He's a little later on. He's in the, the Rudy Gay trade, so he's okay. a little later. But oh, guys right. of Quincy AC's ilk, for sure, uh, you did miss Jose Calderon. He came off the bench in this game. Zero points on 0-5 shooting, but a plus 15. Um, so that's fun. And probably also, no turnovers? Uh, two turnovers. A wild oh, stat line, yeah. Uh, he was already, he was already toast. Him. Yeah. Uh, other than him, Leandro Barbosa? Played out, came off the bench in this game, 13 points, oh, okay. 5 to 10. Whoops. The blur. Uh, and then the last three, I would have been stunned if you got them. David Anderson, Julian Wright, and Marcus Banks. Julian Wright being oh, I remember the one who was Julian Wright. For, uh, I remember Julian Jared Wright. Bayless eventually, yeah. Um, Julian Wright was one of those guys I remember from like March oh, wow. Madness thinking, that guy's going to be amazing. And then, uh, you know, he was Julian Wright. Either way, 
We've reached the end of the game, Miguel. Barniani and yeah. the blur. That's no good. That's bad. I had a bad run at the game. I'm embarrassed. Look, if we're rating the performance here, certainly not among the best. Uh, you may be familiar with Alan Shane Lewis. I think you outperformed him. Uh, I think he did very poorly when he when he was on uh, and played this game. So uh, oh, you're good. ahead of him. But otherwise, yeah, uh, not exactly in the upper echelon of all time. Well, I'm, I'm that random Raptors game, game performances. Please do. Uh, uh, let's think. Uh, June 13th, 2019. Uh, <laughs> or something like that. I bet I can, name, I can name that entire roster. Eric Moreland? You got Eric Moreland too? Jody Meeks? Don't okay, forget no. them. Jody They're Meeks. NBA champions. Jody, Me- <laughs> Jody Meeks um, was so essential to the locker room, you know? He was. Just tied it all together. Uh, Miguel, <laughs> thank you so much for hanging, man. This has been an absolute blast to have you on the show. Uh, please tell the people where they can find you and uh, all the great stuff that you do. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Mig Revis. You can find me on TikTok at Mig Revis, I guess. You can, <laughs> you can watch the ongoing season of Pretty Hard Cases on Wednesday nights on CBC and CBC Gem at 9 p.m. And it will eventually make its way to netflix i believe but i don't know when uh season one and two are already up there and uh you can actually hear me on cbc radio doing some random fill-in dj spots on the afternoon drive show outstanding listen for my silky smooth voice there it should be noted the silky smoothness of your voice is uh is like as bad as your performance at that random raptors game (laughs) was your voice is good uh so you know good congratulations on that i suppose uh we're gonna round it there thank you so much for tuning into the show supporting the show all that good stuff please follow subscribe to rate review all the good stuff we ask you to do to help support the show for free We'll be back again on Monday. No Friday episode this week, uh, just because of scheduling. And I'm away on a little woods vacation to get some uh, and you brain deserve time it, to me. Thank you, Miguel. I appreciate it. We'll be back Monday to break down. I guess they play like a thousand games over the weekend, so we'll break those down. Yeah. And uh, you know, we'll probably have a bit of a clearer picture on what the whole plan is going to be here. Maybe they're 23 and 25 by the time we speak next, and everyone's very happy and looking at the the sixth seed and circling the Knicks as the team they're going to track down. I doubt it, but we'll see. Thank you so much for tuning in. Go make your second listen of the day Unlikely. locked on Leafs. Yeah, very unlikely. Uh, <laughs> go make your second list of the day, Locked on Leafs, and uh, support the boys over there, Mike and Dave, breaking down uh, a team that is winning in Toronto sports, which is fun. So go do that and uh, have yourself a wonderful weekend. We'll talk Monday with another episode of Locked on Raptors. Bye-bye. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. 
Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Thank you.